everybody, welcome to Veteran Trash Talk Female Warrior Edition. I am your host, Leah, and I'm so excited to have Grace with us today. Before we get started, I want to do a couple of things. First of all, I want to throw out a shout out to our sponsor, Neuroflow. Make sure you're checking them out for your mental health needs at neuroflow.com. Also, I was thinking about this today and I thought, you know what? Nobody really knows who I am a little bit. So I just, I am a, an army veteran. I have partnered up with the fellows over at Veteran Trash Talk. They asked me to do the female warrior edition because last summer I shared my story of MST and some other issues of sexual harassment and not promoting and that sort of thing. And I have since, you know, I've, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm in the health and wellness industry. I work from my phone. I'm a mom of three wife to a combat veteran as well. And I'm just really excited to be able to have this platform to share stories of women that don't always otherwise want to share their story, or maybe they're not ready yet, or they don't have a platform. So in the past, all of our other episodes have been of speaking with female veterans and I have to say before I fully introduce Grace that I never would have been open to this before. And I, I just told her about this, but you know, we have this, I think, especially as women, we kind of, we have this um, where we butt heads with other women a lot, especially in the military or in that, in that uh, environment. Well, and Grace is, she didn't wear the uniform, nevertheless, she has dealt with some extreme trauma dealing with the military and that's what we're going to talk about as as well as some healing and some things that she is doing for our veteran community so i'm super excited to be open-minded and have met grace she has already filled my cup so much we had lunch the other day this is an amazing woman and as petite as she is she is a huge huge warrior. Grace, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you and to share your story and to get this party going. So take it away. Hey, thank you so much, Leah. Thank you so much for doing what you do too for our military veterans, um, the wives, the spouses, the children, you know, if they're, if they're listening in on this. So um, my name is Grace De La Rosa. Again, thank you so much for having me. I'm a holistic wellness consultant, and like Leah, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm holistic wellness consultant, what does that mean? Well, first of all, it basically means that you, you can't fix one aspect of a human being and expect them to be whole. So holistic wellness looks at eight dimensions of a human being and says, what can we do to balance all of that out to make that whole person better than they were just a moment ago? You know, it's all about just doing better. There's no good or bad, just better. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, what I do with that is I, I do consultations. I do systemic wellness analyses. I also do coaching in mindfulness. And that's a really big buzzword today, but that's been around for centuries, okay? Um, I'm glad that Jacksonville's finally getting a hold of it. You know, it's been around here for a while, but it's just now starting to kick off. And um, I'm really excited about that because as a, a wellness consultant, my background has been 35 years in the health, fitness and wellness industry. I was a, um, a fitness, a group fitness instructor um, for AFA. 
and that's a certified body there. Um, I was also um, a professional fitness and swimmer model, as well as a, a swimwear and a fitness competitor. I also did a contributing writing for a local fitness magazine and I've done countless of other magazines. So that's my background in that. And then, you know, my, my schooling has been in communications and TV broadcasting with a minor in psychology. And all that ties in with all of my businesses, which we'll get to eventually, but- um, Well, Grace, um, I, I didn't know. I <laughs> model, I probably would have at least showered before interviewing <laughs> you. <laughs> I mean, I knew you were gorgeous. I knew you were gorgeous, but I didn't know oh. you were actually a model. So now I'm like, yeah, that was so. That was a while ago, you know. And, and I, I, looking back, it's it just seems like just yesterday. But you know, back in the day, I did like um, Hawaiian Tropic. People are like, what's that? Well, Hawaiian Tropic, like the you know suntan oil. Yeah. I did Venus swimwear, which back in the day was a big um, swim swimwear line. And I did Eugenia swimwear, which was based out in California, which was like a Venus swimwear here, um, but in California. I did so much and it was such a, a fun time. And I didn't even realize it until, you know, just recently thinking about it. But so that's my background. Fitness has always been my background, uh, my life. It's a, a lifestyle. It's not a diet. You know, it's not just just working out, but it is a lifestyle. And even even raising my children, you know, I ate well 80% of the time. And, and then that kind of segues also into um, my being a colon cancer survivor as well. So I was a stage three colon cancer survivor. So I know a lot about the gut and health and fitness. So as the years progressed, you know, I, I had to reinvent myself. When you get to be in your 50s, it's time to reprioritize because at that point, You've accumulated, hopefully, we've all accumulated much that we can share to other people so that hopefully their path in life will be a little bit better, a little bit simpler, um, a lot less stressful. That's the goal. So back in the day with my fitness background, I'm still in it. I will forever be in it. I have to be very mindful about what I eat today because I don't have all of my colon, my plumbing. So um, what I've, I've, I've segued into though is um, fitness of, of the mind. So instead of body training, I now do brain training. Mm -hmm. And I work with a couple of doctors that um, provide the scientific evidence of what we do in mindfulness. You know, yoga is mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Running is mindfulness. When you go running, you know, when you get in the zone, or whenever you're out there working on say an aircraft, if some of you are out there doing maintenance on it or even flying one, you know, you're in the zone when you are so focused on exactly that task. It's so imperative. And mindfulness also, meditation, which is what I do. I, I facilitate guided meditations. I facilitate um, support groups. And, um, you know, I also work with, um, um, a population related to substance use, mental health. And, and you know, folks, everything is mental health. You wanna know why? Because everything we do is thinking. We can't even do anything without the thinking before we can even speak, before we can even do. We are an action-oriented community, but guess what? Guess what has to happen before we can do? We have to 
think. And so if our, if our thinking isn't of right mind, of love, you know, if it's not coming from love, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So that, let me segue out of that. Um, and I do do, I am very, very passionate about um, creating a better tomorrow and a better today for Jacksonville, our city. We have over 88,000 military veterans residing in our city alone. That makes our city the third most populated city in the country as it relates to military veterans. And why am I so passionate about military veterans? Well, because my father retired from the military after 20 some odd years. He was um, enlisted and was a, a cook, an MS. So I remembered as a kid being able to go on the, sh on the ships and, and everybody knew my dad, everybody knew him because everybody had to eat. <laughs> so I was able to meet all that and see my father in action. You know, He retired and then he ended up becoming a, um, a banquet chef at the Marriott at Sawgrass here in Jacksonville. So we've been here a very long time as a family and the Navy as a child has been my entire life. I traveled the world. Um, all the way from Japan, Spain, you know, all around here in, the, in America. I was born and raised in America. Um, my website is livingwithgrace.net. It is still in the works, but I've got, I've got quite a bit of information on there already. So, um, oh, we'll one of the other, too. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well and LinkedIn. So, Feel free to look me up. I don't think there's too many Grace De La Rosa's out there, but um, anyways, I'm out there in the field. Twitter, I'm just now getting into. I love our city, so I'm very, very active um, in civic my civic duties. Um, I also I serve on the um, advisory council for the um, Salvation Army Adult Rehab Center, Rehabilitation Center off of Beach Boulevard here, where we house about uh, 150 gentlemen that are transitioning from um, recovery and into regular life. Um, it's been really difficult because of COVID, you know, everybody's been isolated, but um, the Salvation Army's Adult Rehab Center has been fantabulous with the, the services that they provide there. Um, hopefully we'll be able to do something for women and children. Um, let's keep, let's keep um, close contact with that. There's much work that we're intending on doing for our community. So, um, Again, um, let me add on to why, uh, why I'm so passionate about the veterans. So again, I grew up in, in child, my childhood and all through my teen years and all of that, my dad was in the Navy. So after that, I swore I would never marry in the military. And what do I do? I marry a strike fighter pilot in the military. So we travel all over. And then I got the taste of you know, living living the other side of the military life. I got the opportunity to live and breathe and eat and sleep being as an enlisted dependent. And then I got to live, breathe, eat, sleep, become a mother and a wife to an officer who, by the way, transitioned from uh, the Hornet Squadron into the P3 community. The P3 community is a lot more family oriented, a lot more family friendly than the strike fighter pilots. And you know, we can go into that some other day and the differences with the way uh, the communities are, are 
so different between enlisted and officers, even amongst the officers, there's different, you know, different subgroups, and I'm sure it is an enlisted. So one of the things I hated about being an officer's wife was back in the 90s, you know, I was not allowed to befriend an enlisted woman, even though that woman was taking care of my child. Well, now, how crazy is that? You're going to ask me to not be a human being and befriend um, the woman that's actually raising, helping me raise my child, our child. That's ridiculous, okay? I understand the group, you know, the, the separation, this and that, but come on. Anyways, so um, I shared with Leah uh, the other day about some of the things that I, I dealt with and some of the things she has no idea what I'm gonna share. So one of the things was, you know, I came out of a very abusive relationship, but I didn't know that until maybe two and a half, three years ago when I had a beautifully, overwhelmingly profound spiritual awakening. You know, I had to hit rock bottom. I learned about what rock bottom meant and what it meant to actually die and be born again. You know, I'm not talking Christian stuff, but it is all rooted in that. Um, it is a very spiritual awakening and it has led me to who I am today. I'm not the person that I was even, you know, last year. I'm, I'm a better person, I'd like to believe. But all of the traumas and that, what I'm going to tell you too, is the things that I tell you is not to elicit, you know, pity from you, nor is it to elicit anger or anything other than for me to just lay the foundation of why I love what I do today. Because everything that I dealt with has helped me to see things where perhaps our society, maybe the policies, uh, government policies, our federal policies, our state and our city policies can be massaged so that the next person that comes up with certain issues do not have to contend with it as harshly as I had to. So one of the things that, um, that I contended with was uh, abusive relationship, an abusive marriage. I recently got out of a marriage of 20 years and it was um, quite ironic that it was signed and dated actually and given to me on May 1st, 2020, which was our wedding anniversary 20 years ago prior to that. Wow, right? You know, it started on May 1st and ended on May 1st. Now, if that's not the divine, I don't know what is. And um, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe, I believe that everything um, happens for a reason and um, that, and that um, you know, destiny has already been written. Anyways, that's a whole other story, but that is why um, this is the effect of what had happened to me. So, you know, I grew up in a family where the values are different. I'm Filipino and Spanish. It's what I knew. But then when I had a DNA testing done, I also learned that I'm Hawaiian, which is amazing because when we were stationed in Hawaii, I told Leah this the other day, when, I, when we landed in Hawaii, I was pregnant with my, our second, our, my second child. I felt like I was home. And so when I had the DNA exam and the results came, it just kind of confirmed that feeling of home in Hawaii. And for my son to be able to, for him to be able to say, yeah, I was 
born there and I'm part Hawaiian and he's part Australian too, which is kind of cool. Just multi-ethnic, you know? Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, this is pretty cool, mom. I'm like, yeah, okay, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the second part of my story. The first part was um, the uh, abuse that I, I went through with my spouse. And let me, let me backtrack and say, you know, I, I had been abused from day one of my, my life and didn't even know it until again, about three years ago. Um, because, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And when you're living in something, how do you know, how do you know that you're healthy when everyone around you is ill, you know? Now, do I talk openly about this with people? This is the first time I've spoken very openly like this about my family. You know, my, my parents, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm um, putting, this is very risky for me, you know, I hope my parents don't hear it, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. Um, this is my truth. This is my story. This is my experience. So, you know, one of the things is, I'm not here to talk about my parents. I'm here to talk about the veteran side, even though that is part of it, because my dad was in the Navy, mm -hmm. you know, and this, again, let me just say, is part of the reason, the main reason why I'm doing what I do in mental health for the military veterans and, and fighting for their health care and their, their VA benefits because of all what I did, dealt with. So, um, you know, my parents came from the Philippines. They were 27, 28, or 28 and 29, respectively, when they came to America with totally different values than, than we have. Um, and it's very strict there as, as far as my parents are concerned and the way I grew up. So, you know, hurt people hurt people. When people are not healed and they don't even know that they need to be healed, they're already in pain. And what happens when we're in pain? We lash out. Try, try, try remembering the last time you were either giving birth when you were in severe pain before you got the Demerol and all that good stuff, right? Or before you got drunk and you were feeling pain. <laughs> you know, I, I don't do that. Right? <laughs> Anyways, digress. But what I'm saying is, is, you know, you, you lash out at the people that you love the most. Right. That's what happens when you're in the throes of pain. And a lot of times, Many times people with substance use issues, any kind of addictions, whether it be food, sex, love, because we can be addicted to love, mm -hmm. money, you know, anything outside of us that we grasp to fill something within us, right. you know, that, that, that's difficult. That's where pain comes from. It comes from fear too. So anyways, um, where I was going with that. I didn't know that all the things that I was going through in my marriage was not normal. I mean, what is normal, really? You know, right. what's normal? What's normal to to your family is might be to totally abnormal to me. But what what I'm saying is, is when my parents came here, they still had the Filipino values. You know, it's it's a beautiful culture. I love I love the Filipino ways. They're very loving human beings, loving, kind, very giving very humble and filled with humility. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying that to be, be boastful. I'm saying that because that's what I have seen in my family and in many other Filipino families. And not just the Philippines, really. Most of the countries outside of America 
have similar values. The only country that doesn't is America. You know, what other country doesn't lift their, their elderly? We throw them in the, um, in the assisted living facility, mm-hmm. you know, forget about them. Yeah. Whereas in most countries, and that's generalizing, you know, there's always going to be, not all of them are like that, but I'm just saying, you know, we're putting that general brush stroke on there, which is, I know, dangerous, but for all intents and purposes, uh, I, it'd be safe to say that a majority of the countries outside of America do hold their, their elderly up on a pedestal, so to speak, because they are filled with wisdom. They've lived lives. You know, they might not have done it the way we want to, but they still have experiences nonetheless. And that's what we as women need to do is to realize that we're here not to bash, you know, and trash one another when we're, when we see someone that's going through some hardships or when they're not so kind to us. Because when somebody's not kind to us, we have to remember, we need to be more open-minded and realize that person's going through some shit stuff. I'm sorry. Through some, through some, yeah, some challenges, you know, whether it be with their children or the spouse or trying to just trying to live, trying to survive. You know, PTSD is all about an overabundance of survival, um, survival nerves, so to speak, you know, and um, part of healing is making sure that we sort of disconnect and kind of realign our values all over again. Um, and re- remember that, you know, even though we're not on the battlefield, so to speak, my battlefield was my household and the traumas that I survived. It's not unlike the, the, the battles that you had to endure, not just on the, in, on the war zone, because I know not all of you are fighting the fight that way. Oh, her son is so cute. <laughs> um, you know, even being in the office, you have your own political battles in there and Lord knows that that's not fun. And to be hammered with that mentality of a boss as opposed to a leader, that's not good. So, you know, all of us are, 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 are traumatized without even realizing it. You all just having signed on to have given your life to the, our country, that in itself, your courage is trauma alone, believe it or not. So even though you may not feel it physiologically, your brain, your heart, and your soul are changed. The DNA has changed forevermore, but we can fix that with healing. So the only reason I even know that what I endured is considered, you know, abuse is And don't laugh, but I was on Facebook (laughs) and I saw a video and it was a Mind Valley video or something of that nature. And it was of a woman and her spouse. It was a birthday setting. It was like in their kitchen and she was opening up a bag and it had some, I don't know, some less than valueless trinkets of gifts or whatever. And instead she's like not being, you know, not being, um, not being um, happy or um, what's the word I'm looking for? She was, she was not, it wasn't that she was ex- not excited about the gifts, but she was just kind of confused as to what these gifts meant. Because instead of, you know, it wasn't a vacuum cleaner or anything like that, but it was to that effect, you know, something like that, but it's in the bag. 
And she's like, oh, I was hoping we would go somewhere special or maybe go to Disney World or something. It's my birthday. And the man in the video goes, you have a roof over your head. You should be grateful. That's exactly what my spouse used to say to me all the time. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, and here I am with a, a minor in psychology and I've studied psychology um, over the many years, 35 years, along with my health and wellness stuff. And that really hit home. I'm like, what the what? And it wasn't just that, that was just the beginning. And then, you know, my spouse would go, you know, everything that's provided to you is in my name. It's mine and you have it now. You should be grateful for that. He might not have said in those exact words, but that's what he used to say. And you get pummeled with words like that every day. You start losing. I started losing. I didn't even have started losing this thing called self-value, self self-esteem. I didn't even know what that was. I didn't. You know, when I was modeling and I was on a bus full of the most beautiful women, I would look and go, oh, my God, did they make a mistake? I don't think I belong here. I just never felt on that same level, you know? And everything around me confirmed that I wasn't not attractive, you know, but I never felt that. I never felt that. And um, I'm here to remind women that when you don't feel that, we need to look deep within and we're here to remind you, you are a beautiful human being. You're worthy, you're unique, you're valuable. You know, without you, there is no us. And right now with the United States, funny how, United States, the acronym is US, right? The abbreviation is US. Without you, there is no us. You know, we need to use that as our, our motto today to keep us together instead of everything that's going on separating us. And that includes all the traumas that we go through, all of the different pathways that we go through to heal. You know, somebody might be going through, um, you know, psychiatry, another person might be going through medically assisted treatment, you know, it's called MAT in our industry. Um, some people might go into religiosity and find they're healing that way, you know? Who are we to say, no, that's not the right way to do it? Anyways, Grace, my, my- Can I stop you for a second? I just, sure. while, you're, while you're speaking, you know, like these are, some of these thoughts are thoughts that I had while I was in the military, but I didn't always, you know, like it didn't always directly affect me because of the fact that like, even though I, I ended up marrying an army guy too. So I was the spouse, but I was always the soldier too. Um, but you know, I, I got a taste of it and I do like, I have always had a lot of respect for the military spouses because while the soldier, the sailor, the Marine, the airman, while they're off doing their thing, whether they're training all day or they're deploying, like you are the one keeping everything together. And sometimes you have a support system with other spouses and sometimes you don't. And sometimes you have a support system with you, the units and sometimes you don't. Um, but you know, like I got a taste of it and I was like, mm -mm, this is 
horrible. Like this is a hard life, you know? And, and I know that like my experience was probably quite a bit different because like he and I served in the same unit and it was a very toxic unit. Like it wasn't a very supportive unit either. And I know that not every unit is like that. So when I got out, it was like good riddance, you know, like, like they didn't want anything to do with me. And I mean, um, I mean, I think my husband got out like six or seven months after I did, but, but while I was still in, he deployed and all that stuff. And just seeing things from the spouse's perspective, not taking into account like any abuse, you know, besides work abuse that I was going through, but not home abuse uh, from my spouse, like that is probably the hardest job on the planet. I mean, you know, having to raise children and then like I had a baby, you know, we had a six month old when my husband deployed and whenever I was home, I just would always imagine a car pulling up and somebody knocking on my door and I'm like, and then here I'm going to be with a baby and what am I going to do? Like, and even though like I was still in, so it's like I had a career but it's just so much stress and so much pressure. And then on top of that, which I don't know, you know, if you're going to be comfortable talking, getting more into detail about it or not, totally up to you. But on top of that, having your service member, your spouse abusing you and putting you down and treating you like you're not good enough. I mean, I honestly can't wrap my head around that. Like I can't imagine because that is legitimately the hardest job on this planet is not the service member, but the family member. So, I mean, I just want to thank you for all you've done. Um, and again, I don't like, I don't know if you want to go into that detail or, or if you were going in a different direction so you can take it back. But I just wanted to point that out because, yeah. you know, I know that we do have a lot of spouses that listen in on VTT side. I'm not sure if they're listening in to the female warrior edition side or not. But I just, I want all of our spouses to know that, you know, we see you and that you are important. You're a part of this battle. And, you know, I, I do think a lot of the family members go invisible. And then there's this brokenness too, right? Like, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm bringing up all this stuff, but there's brokenness too. So the service member is like constant, battle, 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 I'm in a fight, I have to go fight wars, whether they're just training all the time or whether they're deploying or a combination or whatever. And there's no decompression. There's no like retraining on getting back to your family. And they're just like, okay, thanks. Well, you're back and get ready to go again. Or, and so you don't have that. And I know that, cause this is my, this is my second marriage. I was a military spouse before and dealt with that. Um, and you know, I was taught in my first marriage because it was the very beginning of this war that they're like, well, when he gets home, you just need to give him some leeway because he's been at combat and you just need to like not demand anything of him and you just need yeah, to, right. like, you know, let him do whatever, whatever. And I'm like, well, because he wasn't a great husband before he left. <laughs> Right. Like, okay, great. Well, thanks for that. Um, so there's no, there's, no, I feel like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if anything's changing, but there hasn't been 
or we didn't experience that, like any help for the service member or for the spouses to really like work on that unity. And I mean, if things fall apart at home, that service member is a mess, right? They can't fight. They're not combat. Right. Right. It's, it's what we talked about, you know, um, the transition point between the time that they actually, you know, between the time that they do training and the time that they transition out of the training and get back into regular life. And so that's going to be part of the solutions that I'm going to have to share with all of you. Um, let's see, where were we? Oh, getting back to the abuse part. So I'm not going to dwell into that because what is, is. So it all related to, you know, it didn't, it, it was never a physical type of um, abuse. It, it, it's more insidious than that. It's exactly what's going on in our country today, which is called sociopathy. Now, so there's this thing called the dark triad in, in psychology where you've got narcissism, sociopathy, and psychopathy, or um, yeah, so psychopath. You know, you've got the psychopath, the sociopath, and then the narcissist. So all three of them are, you know, not all narcissists or um, they're all narcissists, but they're not all sociopaths or psychopaths. So they have the narcissism as the base. So there, there could be traits, just have traits and not be a narcissist. So this, you know, this pop psychology, the terminology is all off, but yeah. So you can have narcissistic traits, which a lot of military personnel, especially the um, pilots in particular, you know, they have to have a certain, and, and all the military leaders, and, and to be frank, everybody is a leader, to be honest, you know. Um, but going back into the ranks and, and um, the, the, the leadership in that respect, most of them have to have traits of narcissism in order for them to succeed. That's the drive behind us that allows us to do what we do. Narcissism isn't bad. It's only bad when it becomes obtrusive to their day-to-day -day living and, and um, affects everybody else around them. You know, it's not unlike what's going on in our country. So what happens in this dark triad, they're phenomenal manipulators. They can mold and shape and, and do propaganda. It's kind of you no know, different than what Hitler did to the country of Germany, where they slowly infiltrated their minds and did brainwashing. Now, my spouse was an officer. They did serious training. You know, they learned to compartmentalize. It's a beautiful thing. It's a great mechanism. However, when you're doing that to mess with somebody, it's not so good, you know? The only difference between um, somebody that you think is a sociopath and somebody that you know is one is the, in is, is the intent, the intent behind it. They might look like it, but that doesn't mean they are. And um, that, that's pretty deep right there, you know? Um, anyways, what happened to me was the last straw was um, oh, uh, almost four years ago today. We were going through a divorce. Again, you know, I just told you, we had a five-year divorce. And during the first three years, my attorney made me stay in the house. I begged her to get out and to no avail. So what happened was, I guess, uh, you know, it was already rough already just living there, knowing we were going through this tumultuous divorce. And um, 
anyways, you know, when, when, you, when you beat an animal to the corner enough, eventually that animal will lash out. So, you know, I, I'm no angel, but I got sick of it and I hit him with a water bottle. I hit him with a water bottle, you know, a water bottle. Plastic, not glass or anything like that. Did I lose my temper? Heck yes, I did. I did, I was done. And after, for, you know, however many years that was, 16, 17 years at that point of marriage, not once did I ever hear him complain of me being a horrible mother. But the minute that divorce started, all hell broke loose. And, you know, when you, when you decide to divorce a narcissist, a sociopath, or a psychopath, you better rest assured your life will become miserable before it gets any better. And I'm year six out of, of, of this uh, process and it's still going. So uh, then was, um, I ended up going to jail. He called the police and I ended up becoming treated as the perpetrator and not the victim. I ended up getting the time. What happened then, I lost my son because you know, then he filed for injunction because now I'm a threat to our son. Are, are you kidding? I'm five feet tall. I would never touch my children like that. And they had DCF come and did an investigation. You know what happened that night, that one night? I'd never been in jail, ever. I'm a law-abiding citizen. Um, what happened was there was a woman probably in her 50s, 60s, whatever. She was pummeled while I was in there my first night, pummeled by her, uh, this, her cellmate for no reason at all. That's what I had to deal with. And I'm a colon cancer survivor. I was put in a cell that was no, no bigger than, it was, I don't know, it felt like an eight by eight cell with the steel door slamming behind me. I was bawling my eyes out. And there were two, two women in there. One was a big woman, I was very afraid. And then a, a younger woman. They were the kindest women. They had similar stories. One lady, she shot her significant other because she was sick and tired of being beaten. Mm -hmm. This is what happens to women in there. They get sick and tired of it. They get quiet about it for a while because they're scared. And I can tell you, it is scary to get out. I am fortunate to be out, but I can tell you this. I know why many women stay because it seems to be so much easier to wallow in that soul death trap than it is to try to make it out on your own when the entire it seems like you know everything is against you to try to make things work out again financially emotionally mentally physically taking a toll and then trying to take care of your children my children at the same time you know what my son said he was 14 at the time mom don't you don't ever have to worry dad showing me you know, to be the person that I don't want to be. That's from my 14-year-old son. The same boy that held me when I was trying to hit my husband even more, you know, at the time. My son held me. And that's when um, they filed, my, my spouse filed batter, aggravated assault and battery. So I went in there. Thank God, you know, the judge saw that, you know, I didn't have any issues with the law before and let me go, except that I was never to return back to my marital home again. I would have never in a million years thought that as somebody that I, that, you know, I once loved and married would 
we would be where we were, you know? Mm -hmm. um, one, of the, one of the key points in remembering is to, when you marry, you make sure your name is in, on all things. I did not do that. And it was already clear that he had already planned that. Nothing, my name was on nothing. I'm, an, I'm a college educated human being. You know, I'm a CEO of companies and, <laughs> you know, I'm chairman of the board. And I, it's what I'm saying is, is you don't have to have all this and, and still not know. How do I know that this is real? It's called anosognosia. It's where you are in the thick of things and you don't even see it. You're in the eye of the storm and you don't even see the storm. It's real. It's what happens in addiction too. It's what happens when you're in the throes of sorrow and, and self-pity until somebody reels you out and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's what happens to victims all the time, all the time. So it, but it's something that um, like comes on gradually, right? So that, so that you don't realize what's happening or is that exactly right there or not? So it's like- starts with a little bit and then it gets worse and so it's like you know just pulls you in and that's why and I I feel like that's such an important thing to to bring about because you're very intelligent you're very successful and that is the thing is that we have this assumption of well stuff like that is not going to happen to me because I'm too smart you know or I like i I'm I would never let that happen. And it's not something that we just let happen. It's something that comes on gradually and we don't even realize it because you called it anasognosia, is that right? Anasognosia, that's right. It's a neurological term and it's um, real. Yeah. And it's, it's what happens with, um, you know, with ma majority, if not all of the mental health issues really um, and addictions really. You're in the throes of things, you don't even see it. And at that point, you may not even care what the repercussions are until it's too late. Mm -hmm. And some people do that because they wanna die. Mm -hmm. But we're here to remind them, you know, that, that, that um, life is a gift. It really truly is. It's not because of, not in spite of, but because of all the things that we go through. So when we think that things are happening to us, remember they're actually happening for us. You know, that's, that's what's been my saving grace today. I tried to kill myself after that event happened. Yeah. I tried to kill myself and um, that was my rock bottom, you know? And um, two months later, I decided to check out a 12-step program and that changed my life for the better. Um, that's when I had my spiritual awakening. And part of that it was ignited by meditation, by Sam Harris, who's an amazing, amazing uh, philosopher, neuroscientist, um, which I love all things neuroscience. You know, I always wanted to be a doctor. Um, holistic wellness consultant is close enough for me. I'm, I have, I've got medical books out here. I mean, I love it. I've always studied my whole life. I don't have an MD, nor do I, you know, pretend to have one. But I do love all things related to making somebody just feel a little bit better and do better in their life, you know, because without health, we don't have life. And mental health is huge right now.
because of COVID, because of the isolation that we're all going through. There's a lot of fear involved, you know, and I'm here to educate our community and remind people of the other side of the things that our mass media is no longer choosing to report on. I think that's important because on top of, you know, I mean, the the whole world really, but if you, if you narrow it down to our country, you know, we really are dealing with crazy levels of depression, suicide. I mean, so many, so many, you know, hurtful and terrible things. And then compound that with how our veterans and veteran spouses are dealing with traumatic and not, I mean, not just them, but this is who we're talking to, right? I mean, it's not like veterans and veteran spouses are the only people that deal with traumatic experiences, but that's who we're talking right. about. This is who we are. Um, you know, dealing with the traumatic experiences. And I know, you know, some people will go like one route, maybe they go to the VA and it's a certain level of therapy or something like I tried that and it was such a joke to me. And I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. So I got no help there. And, you know, I, I'm thankful for, for my belief and then just finding some different ways. And of course, there's still things that I'm still working on too, but finding some outlets for me that are healthy and safe that help with traumatic experiences and things that I deal with. But that's what we're here for is to tell people like, you know, we have way too many suicides in our community every single day. And a big reason is because people feel very alone. They feel like they're the only ones suffering with this. And you're, you know, we want people to know like you are not alone and you're not stupid for how you feel or, you know, you're not an idiot for, you know, having gone through something for so long or whatever, like we see you. And that's, right. I know that really is a big passion for you, Grace, like having been through what you've done. And I mean, thank you for sharing. Holy smokes. Holy yes. um, but your story is going to help who knows how many people, not just on this platform, this podcast, but as you go along and, and who knows how many people that it's already helped because nobody would look at you and think that you had been through that. You're very right. soft-spoken and quiet in this petite little gorgeous thing. And nobody would imagine the kind of warrior that you are. So I hey, Trash Talkers. Thanks so much for tuning in to part one of this interview with Grace. Stay tuned for next week when we go over the rest of Grace's story as well as how she is really getting into politics to make some policy changes to positively affect our military service members and the families, the people that seem to really be forgotten in this entire war that we are going through. So make sure that you stay tuned for that next week. Thank you so much for your continued support. If you are not part of our Veteran Trash Talk Facebook community, make sure you go on there and join our group. It's free. It's a great community where we come together, we laugh and joke, and most importantly, we support one another and we lift each other up when we're having those really hard times. So make sure you're, you find us there if you haven't already. If anybody wants to connect with me more one-on-one, uh, -on -one, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok at Leah Day. If you want to come and share your story on the show or whether you just want to talk, you need some support, make sure that you find me, you find us as a group, 
And lastly, check out neuroflow.com for your mental health needs. You can check it out right from your phone. And we are so appreciative of that resource. So thank you again for your support and we'll see you next week.